I think it is really wasteful to have to keep buying new things all the time when you only use them once and the, all the like resources and minerals have to be extracted to go into that thing. Like basically we're going to need a lot more recycling and reusing of uh, things to happen in the future. The most useful thing I've borrowed so far, it's going to sound absurd, is a rake. <laughs> I looked at my lawn one day in late November and thought, that's bad. And the rake I've got at the moment is rubbish. So I borrowed their rake and it was fantastic and the lawn looked great within a day. In this episode, I want to talk about how we look after our environment. Whether it's the space we spend time in every day, or the planet and its diminishing resources. Library of Things is helping people look after their homes, gardens and protecting the future of community spaces. I'm Maria Passingham. This is Library of Things podcast. You might remember in last week's episode, Emma talking about greening the roof of the shipping containers that form Library of Things, and the bees that feed on the wildflowers there. But it's not just an aesthetic choice. Here's Emma. The living roof is to support local wildlife, but it's actually the main reason it was put on top of the container was as flood risk. So the London Wildlife Trust have a programme about flood resilience in the area based on the fact that the River Ephra used to run under West Norwood and down to Brixton. And because of development and urbanisation, that, that waterway has been tarmacked over and concreted over. And it means that there's not a lot of um, green space to absorb rainwater and so hence we get flooding. So by greening areas which are normally tarmacked or hard surfaces like roofs, it supports flood resilience. This flood-preventing, community-protecting green roof is indicative of the way people are thinking in the local area. When Library of Things first started, it was with the help of an organisation called The Open Works, which was funded for a short time to find and provide support for all kinds of inspiring community initiatives and projects in Lambeth. Emma told me about one group in particular, who are all about green spaces. A gardening project called the Buzz Garage and now Open Orchard, which um, turned the kind of ugly rundown area in front of the West Norwood bus station into a wildflower meadow with edible plants and beautiful flowers. And that idea of different kinds of projects, all, all working to bring people together and improve an area, is what is still supporting Library of Things now. If you want to hear about the other projects funded by The Open Works, make sure to download this week's bonus feature. I help other people to do woodwork, I help people to show how people how to work a drill, show people how to work mowers, electrical tools, things like that. This is Frank. A local retired handyman that met Bex, Emma and Sophia when they were getting set up and started helping out with the practical side of things. He advised them on how to use the tools they'd acquired and they soon learned that he's in the habit of helping people improve their own environments. I can't keep still. I, 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 I still like, I still do part time. You know, like, you know, and I do garden work in the summer, cut grass and hedges and things like that and help out a lot of people around, around this area. Some lady had a grass up about nearly two foot, so I had to go out in there with a, a strimmer first, and then I had to cut it for her. And now she's cutting herself. She's bought a mower. She's hired one here. So she um, 
she's okay. She she doesn't pester me no more. <laughs> some people pay me, some people don't. You know, some people give me what they can give me. So while Frank is working among the community, strimming hedges and lawns and putting up shelves, helping people sort out their living spaces, Chris is just dipping his toes into the maintenance pool after deciding that his garden needs some TLC. I looked at my lawn one day in late November and thought, that's bad. And the rake I've got at the moment is rubbish. So I borrowed their rake and it was fantastic and the lawn looked great within a day. And I just think it's about time I learnt how to look after my own garden instead of paying other people to do it, which is a bit silly. I love how such a simple tool reinvigorated Chris, and the convenience of borrowing one is encouraging him to be more proactive with his garden. It can also be so satisfying to see, with just a small amount of effort, what we can each achieve. Like when you really need to tidy up, it's not a hugely fun job, but the satisfaction afterwards is worth it. I was really impressed with Morella, who tells this next story, for the dedication she had to upcycling an old piece of furniture that her family adores, purely for the joy it would bring them all by being in their house. Well, I had this uh, chair for about a few years, and uh, we just all love it at home. It gets used a lot. We only have one. And I wanted to uh, paint it, and I, uh, after researching on the internet, I kind of knew that I had to send it first, and then paint it by using a primer and a color but I did not have a, a sander and I did not want to do it by hand because it's very time-consuming job so I've decided to ignore that step and then I've just put the primer on my chair and then I've put the paint and it came out looking beautifully but then after two years the paint started peeling off and I think that's because I did not sand it properly I've decided to do it all over again but this time I wanted to get a proper electrical sander, take the whole paint off, strip the chair all the way to the like original wood, and then basically repeat the steps with the color. So when I went to borrow that in a library, I knew exactly what I wanted. I never used electrical sander before, but it's very straightforward. You pretty much just plug it in, and then you just kind of a file the, the furniture. So I've used it for about a couple of hours, stripped the chair completely and then uh, that was it now it's ready to be painted hopefully it's gonna last longer speaking of lasting when you think about how long those kinds of tools usually stick around when we just use them once in a blue moon it does make you wonder if they're constantly being loaned out and used won't they break down much more quickly it's not very efficient to have them in the catalogue if every few months they need replacing so the team are collecting the highest quality products donated by reliable brands the objective is that Library of Things will be stocked by only the best brands because it, they have to be durable. We like companies who have similar values to us and ultimately these things get so much use, more use than they'd ever be designed to have um, if, if individuals own them. We, ha- we just have to have really good quality stuff. The more durable the product, the fewer resources consumed. If we buy better quality, less disposable items, then we don't need to produce them on such a high scale. If we don't produce as many, we don't use up valuable diminishing resources, and we don't create as much waste, both in terms of manufacturing byproducts and rubbish when we need to replace it. I was chatting to borrower Helena when she very humbly revealed that she had a PhD in environmental science, and it was fascinating to hear her take on the eco-friendly side of Library of Things. I think that's really important. 
like aspect because I'm really interested in the environment and I think it is like really wasteful to have to keep buying new things all the time when you only use them once and the, all the like resources and minerals have to be extracted to go into that thing and it's expensive <laughs> so I think it's really useful that this thing exists like basically we're going to need a lot more recycling and reusing of uh, things to happen in the future because we're running out of resources and there's a certain amount of resources like in smartphones there's a, a material called indium that's only got seven years left um before it actually runs out and that's used <laughs> in touch screens so that's just one example like probably they'll find a replacement for it but we're definitely just digging things out of the ground and not reusing them properly and then chucking them away in the landfill site and that's causing a lot of pollution as well as emissions, causing climate change, but also polluting the groundwater with all this stuff that we're chucking out. So that's why I think like reusing and borrowing is really, really good for the planet and the environment as well as people's wallets. Helena is so passionate about this that she was even planning to borrow things for her wedding, pointing out how much is purchased or rented at high cost to use on one day when things could be borrowed and reused. I think these types of people and the organisations like Open Orchard show that our attitudes towards the environment and making the most out of what we have are developing. And I think it's a really positive change. Next week, I'm looking into these changes more and the ways in which Library of Things is progressing in terms of its members, its own identity and what lies ahead. This podcast was produced by Maria Passingham. Thanks to Audio Network for the music and to Helena, Chris, Emma, Frank and Morella for spending their free time talking to me. Special mention to Helena, who got married last month. Congratulations. Congratulations.